Life Audio. The Ryan Reese Show from Southern California. This is The Ryan Reese Show. Post your questions using at Ryan Reese on his Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. Are you ready? All right, all right. This Saturday night, this show that you guys are now listening to, I'm actually recording from St. Pete, Florida. I'm out here with uh, Jarris Hodge at... uh, Go ahead and name the fellowship here. Calvary Chapel Fellowship. Calvary Chapel Fellowship here in St. Pete. But I'm here actually because I'm coming to your school ministry. Um, and you have, a, you have a school ministry called Zeal School Ministry. And it's a year program. And you bring in students from all different parts of the world if they want. And you basically disciple them for a, for a year, walk them through uh, the word. You teach them evangelism. You teach them the importance of the word, how to do ministry. Uh, the gifts of the spirit, all the all the different things that we should know about the the basics about the Bible, so that when they leave here, that they can get into ministry or they can apply these lessons and the things they've learned to have their in become attorney, an athlete, or wherever God God leads them, and even in their their life, even getting married and being a husband or a wife or wherever the Lord leads. So I'm excited to be here. It's always fun. I get to do it every year. Come out here, and uh, we're doing an outreach um, down in St. Pete in the downtown. At this place called Nova Five Three Five, and uh, it's a you invite all the churches in the local areas because this is more for like a young adults. Invite all the church groups to to bring them together. We're doing a night of worship. We're gonna pour into them with a message, and then we uh, play worship after and just see what God wants to do. Pray for people and hang out. It's dude, this is like the trip I just love coming out to every year. I truly look forward to it. So thanks for. For having me out. Only the best. It is the best. And we eat the best too. Always. It's amazing. The restaurant's out here. So uh, with all that said, we're here actually at the School of Ministry on on Calvary Chapel Fellowship on the location here at the church. And, um, you know, last time we talked, I think we were at my radio studio back in L.A. And we were talking about how you grew up as a pastor's kid. But then uh, your dad, his church blew up. You were having a, it was like a mega church happening. But then there was a division that happened. And through that, uh, you guys went through a lot of pain and, and sorrow and different things. And God ended up um, bringing you guys to a new location. You started this new church. Church is like has like three services. It's happening Saturday, two Sundays, midweek. It's happening. And God is restoring and doing awesome things. And plus, what we've seen uh, go on with, with the school ministry and all these different things. So now, this show, I want to talk to you about the last five years or the last five to six years of your life of um, from where we left off from the last show, because there was the split. You went through some crazy stuff, but since then you've been grinding, you've been going after God. He's been doing cool things in your life with you and your wife. And um, let's just walk people through this. Cause this is a whole faith story. Yeah. You know, the theme is like, you know, it shows like the Bible talks about, and Jesus talks about, you know, gardeners that, you know, you throw the seeds out. And if you know anything about gardening, you know, you got to till the ground, then you got to throw the seeds out. You got to water them, but you don't see the growth of the plant for a while because you're just literally watering dirt, right? And the seeds underneath and it's, it's starting to produce, you know, produce and grow. And then finally it cracks through the ground. You see a little bit and then finally, you know, grows more and then it turns into a tree and then it turns, you know, has flowers and then that turns into fruit, right? For the, for the most part. So I want to look at the last five to six years of your life. Because it's almost like six years ago, it, it was there was a whole new work. It was like you had to like start tilling the ground again. 
So let's walk through this faith story because I believe that this is going to encourage a lot of people that are listening. Maybe they're in it. Maybe they're going to go through it. Um, but this, I think there's a lot of nuggets that you're going to drop today. So let's get after it. <laughs> it's a lot. Five to six years. It started, everything started from the church splitting. And there was, it was the worst thing that I had ever gone through in my life. Worst thing my wife and I ever went through together. Um, and still the, the only other thing, uh, her dad has passed away recently. And that has mm-hmm. been like the worst thing for us to go through. Mm-hmm. But second place is still the church split. So it was just, it was such an intense, uh, an intense change, like you said. But it was a new work. And it was one of the classic stories of like, I just got to trust God. And I was following God and holding on by a thread yep. and just believing, okay, whatever is going to happen is going to be what his will is. And I started to see that because I met you, mm. which is a crazy story. I still like am like starstruck hanging out with you, <laughs> that you're my friend, that we're at BJ's last night till one in the morning <laughs> having yeah, pazookies awesome. and that you're talking cool. about homies. And then you say like you when you say homies. And I'm like, this is so weird. And, but that was like where I've, I first was like, oh my goodness, this is crazy because that that wouldn't have happened if I would have stayed at the old church. And I thought that I had my whole life figured out at the mm-hmm. old church. I thought I was going to be there forever. Mm-hmm. And you started hanging out with me at the conferences, at Calvary conferences, sitting with me at lunch and breakfast and stuff. And then you were like, hey, do you want to go to Mexico? I was like, what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Tours. yeah. And then you said, hey, why don't you bring your skateboard? You said it like that too. And I didn't even know what to expect. None of us did because no. you guys weren't doing – you didn't have like a, a skater guy, like yeah, yeah. So I brought my board, and this first morning in Mexico, you were like, "Hey, just bring your board with you," and that's what started me becoming the like ambassador for the whosoever's mm-hmm. in time, the skateboarder mm-hmm. when we go out, and that's like my thing that I do. And over the years, doing so many tours with the whosoever's, and it's starting to speak at the events that we do. Mm-hmm. That was like the biggest obvious God answer from, from a year, a year exactly of, of just hell beating up the church and me getting burned in the worst possible ways that you can imagine. So, so here you are burned down and out, not stoked on, you don't know what the heck God wants to do with your life. Everything that you foresaw that you thought that God had for you. You had this mega church. You had a skate park there as well. Yeah. And, you know, you were like, I'm... I'm I was living what I thought was the dream. Yeah. I thought well, it yeah, was. Yeah. I was working so, with youth, had the skate park, I was doing music. You, you know what? You were living the dream. Yeah. At that time. You were living the dream. Everything was laid out. You're like, this is it. I'm here. I'm in my groove. Like, this is awesome. And I thought, yeah. we're invincible. I'm locked and loaded. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, boom, change of events happen. Divide. You're Now you're down and out. You don't know what God wants to do with your life. But what's cool is, you know, for just for the people that are listening, you continue to follow God. Yeah. It wasn't easy. Don't you know, it wasn't like, like, you know, you were happy every day of your life. It was hard, but you yeah. walked by faith, not by sight. And you kept following God. And then God knew the desires of your heart. He knows you're a skateboarder. He knows you, you want to reach people. He mm-hmm. knows you have, you know, you've, you struggle with pornography and different things in your, you, have, you had some dark stuff in your past. Yeah. So people are listening. You're like, oh, pastor's kid. He's, you know, he's a church boy. <laughs> he dealt with some pretty gnarly stuff. You go listen to the first show, but you came through it. Right. And the way it all went down, that was an intense show. Now that I'm thinking about it yeah. with the computer and all that. Yeah. It's crazy town. Anyway, yeah. you have to go check that out after. Um, but then God knew your heart. So he started connecting the dots because he's the divine chess player. He 100%. connects the dots. 
he we you meet me or I meet your dad at a thing. He said my son skateboards. So then we went. Shows you my sketchy skate video. Yeah. <laughs> so then we went. We went and we didn't know, but but then God put you in. Just started you with skateboarding because yeah. maybe looking back at that time, you could probably tell me even more. But maybe you you just weren't in that place of sharing. Maybe at that moment, but God's like, you know what? He could skateboard right now. His heart's cool to skate right now because he's in a crazy place in his life. Maybe we just got to get him skating. It's crazy and to hear you say that because skating is actually what got me through it more than anything. Mm-hmm. The skate video that my dad showed you, mm-hmm. which I, you know, look back and mm-hmm. half cringe about, but but that was very meaningful to me at the time. I would go out mm-hmm. in the streets and destroy my body for the skate edit mm-hmm. during the split times. Yeah. Uh, and it was, it was some of the best therapy for me. So yeah, then, then the skateboarding opens the door mm-hmm. for the whosoever's and the whosoever's becomes that, like, I'm still holding on to you. I'm still trusting you mm-hmm. when I don't feel like it, when it doesn't make sense, when everything's the complete opposite logically and emotionally. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I mean, I'm so, I'm so angry. I'm so doubtful, but I'm I'm, I'm still like, you're real. I'm going to yeah. hold on to you. Yeah. And the whosoever's was the beginning of the last five years where he answered that. And, and that skate video, because when I saw it, I go, he could skate. So I'm like, if he could skate like this, we can go anywhere in the world and he can do something somewhere that the kids will go crazy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. So, and you're consistent too. So that, that helps out uh, to, for this, what we're doing Yeah, with the kids. So that's, that's pretty cool to look at that. So that sparked that. Now during that time, what, what how'd the journey go from there? That changed my life because of your discipleship and the experience of the trips, we started the new church at this property that we're at. And I immediately took charge of the youth group and the worship. And I became the youth group and worship pastor. I got ordained. And I remember you calling me when we were on a retreat with some leadership and you said, Hey, I want to start bringing you on more tours because I know that it's going to fire you up for what you're doing at home yeah. for the pastor's work that you're doing at home. And it did. And it just, it, it completely revolutionized my perspective on things. It brought a whole nother level of depth and maturity to my faith mm-hmm. and to my perspective, which immediately like everything started flowing into this, this little youth group that I was supposed to be in charge of. And so I was like kind of walking through being a youth pastor for the last five years with my youth kids and walking through the the revival in my life, particularly of the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. with them. The Holy Spirit, the way He works, the spiritual gifts. I knew before the split we had lost the power of the Spirit. We, we were like strong on the Word, yeah. but there wasn't a practical opening to the Spirit, and we were we were like dead in that aspect. And I and during that the whole transitional time, the whosoever's and hearing you talk. Like you first came to our church and I heard you talk in my car. I was like, this is what I'm missing. Mm-hmm. It's like, this is what's in the Bible and this is the kind of life that I'm missing. And so it became kind of like God teaching me that and you playing a huge part in teaching me that. And then I in turn began to teach the next generation of that and, and did that for five years. Mm-hmm. And in that same heartbeat, God started to change my heart for young adults, which I never thought would happen because I thought I'll just be a youth pastor forever. Yeah. But in the mixture of that, I was like, dude, I'd, I'm going on, on tours with you. I know how the whosoever's roll. I know that they're as legit as it gets. They're as down to earth as it gets. They have the fire and the power of the Holy Spirit and the word and the gospel. And it's just, it's straight up. 
And I'm like, dude, the way that the way that I'm growing, the next generation of leaders needs this. And we would talk about these things, you know, because we would meet so many young people and we'd meet young people that were on fire and we were just like, like, what can we do? And that eventually became the birth of what's now the School of Ministry. So before we get to the School of Ministry, I remember talking to you because we'd get on some calls here and there. Oh, we'd, we were going on tours, too. So, you you know, in between these tours, you were you were breaking down what was going on with the youth and how, you know, you were going on trips. You were you were being more open and seeing how the Holy Spirit was working in these youth groups or in these colleges or, or, or in front of people down in, in different countries, wherever we go. And then you were coming back home and just from like, like the disciples, them being with Jesus, seeing what Jesus did in the same way you're out on mission, great commission, which is, you know, ministry stuff, mm-hmm. mission stuff. And you're seeing God move and you're like, Whoa, this is real. This is awesome. And then you're coming back to the church and you're, now you're teaching the Bible scriptures and you're applying current stories oh, yeah. to what's happening in the gospel. And I like to say that's what keeps things spicy yeah. because that shows how relevant the Bible is. Yeah. So basically from there, what happens is uh, the youth group, I remember like God started moving and doing cool things. Oh my goodness. Yeah. You were calling me like, dude, this happened here. Oh, this happened here. So God was doing stuff wow. as you were open to the Holy Spirit. But then I love how like he... As God does, he continues to take you to like new chapters in your life or new seasons. Yeah. So once you were in this next season, then he's like, okay, I'm, now I'm going to mature you more. I'm going to take you to uh, the young adults. Yeah. So as you were doing the young adults for a couple years, teaching them, now your things are changing. And then what led you, because teaching the young adults is one thing, but then going into creating a school of ministry, it's, that's an uh, intensified version Oh, yeah. For young adults. Yes. So what, what, you know, honestly, I've never even asked you this. What made you even decide to do the, the school of ministry, Zale? The whosoever's. Because someone else was originally going to run the school. Mm-hmm. And God was, uh, was working in that guy's life in other ways. But there was this transitional time where God just gave, like my dad had the original vision for the school. Like I just see young people on this campus. That's like, that's what he always said when he walked on the campus. Cause it's like a compound here. You yeah. Got, yeah. You we have a main building here. Like the students are here. Yeah. here. It's a main building, another main building and then five houses yeah. everywhere. Mm-hmm. So in the process of me going through things myself and, and having just this crazy growth, particularly it was being with the whosoever's and being like, these guys are doing it right. Mm-hmm. And not like everyone's doing it wrong, mm-hmm. but there's so much of a lack of raw, real, gospel-centered, and spirit-filled Christianity in America. What, ta- okay, so since you're talking— In the world, for that matter, but especially in America. about that, what exactly, for the listeners, what does that mean exactly? Like, what's the difference? Like, let's compare someone— uh, Depth and power, I'll answer. It's depth yeah. and power. The difference is, like, there's there's a shallowness to a lot of— Western American Christianity. Okay, good. I'm glad you said that's what I'm looking for. Yeah. What does the shallowness look like? Practically for people that might be in a church that they're hearing the shallowness. So if you go to church all the time and, and you hear things about love and you hear things about Jesus dying for us, you hear things about, um, even receiving help and, uh, the, the way that God can, can help us emotionally and spiritually and, you know, chains breaking and, and all the good stuff, but you don't hear the bad stuff, yeah. that's a red flag. So you don't hear about, 
You never hear about sin. Yeah. Where's sin? Where's judgment? Where's hell? Yeah. Another red flag is if there's not ever actual discussion about real life. It's always kind of like motivational. Yeah. Very, very motivational, very watered down, but you, you'll know it because you'll go away and, and maybe like feel good. But if you're always going away feeling good, that's messed up. And, and no changing. Yes. So because if, if not, you always feel good then you think you're fine. Yeah. And you're, but if you go changing. to church and the word's being taught, then, then there's feel good stuff, but there's a, there's a balance to everything. So there needs to be the balance. And this is what is missing mm-hmm. is the balance of this raw, like, like, okay, I, I'm here at church, but last night I got a fight with my wife. So like, what the heck am I supposed to do about that? Like, oh, Jesus loves me. This I know for the Bible tells me so. Or like, oh, like listen to a really nice worship song and, and act like super emotional and spiritual or even get emotional and spiritual. But, but it, are we actually talking about like when I, when my boss is telling me to lie for taxes, Mm -hmm. when I'm running things in the business or when I run my own business, I mean like real, real life stuff. Like you, and you, and everyone knows, like if you got, if you got a brain, you know, are they talking about real life stuff or is it only the nice, good sounding stuff from the Bible? Mm-hmm. Are they cracking open the Bible? Right. Are they telling you to crack open the Bible? Mm-hmm. Are they sending you back to God or are they sending you back to themselves? Yep. Like if you're, if you're not being told that you need to have your own relationship with God and how to do that, yeah. I mean, you need to have a Devo life. Like the yeah. self-care is in the Bible, yeah. but it's got to be biblical. Yeah. Find all those things from the Bible. Everything, everything matters Nothing matters more than Jesus. Like if, if the message is not always centered on Jesus, I mean, like, is the, where's the gospel? Do you hear the gospel when you go to church a lot? Do you hear about Jesus a lot? Does everything come back to Jesus? Because everything eventually needs everything to come back to Jesus. Back to, so, so another thing is like if you're going to a church and they're not cracking the Bible and, and reading the scriptures, if it's just a bunch of talk, yeah. then you're not getting anything biblical. Yeah, and And also another thing too is, if you don't read the Bible and you don't have your own personal relationship with God, when I say that is you have it through reading the Bible. If you don't know the Bible, you could be at church and these guys could be saying whoever knows, God knows what they're saying. Yeah. You don't even know if they're even teaching the Bible. And it's sketch because that's what's scary. That's why you have to know the Bible because they'll knowledge. make it sound good though. Yeah. They'll use the nice sounding things. Yeah. They'll even quote a Bible verse, but it's like, dude, the devil quoted the Bible Yeah. when he was tempting Jesus. So like you, you have to, you have to know that it's founded in the Word. You have to be founded in the Word. Another shallow aspect that especially we have tried to grow in as whosoever's is the Spirit and the lack of the Spirit and being open to the Spirit working in the ways that we read in the book of Acts and in the four Gospels yeah. and in the rest of the letters of the New Testament. Yeah. It's consistent throughout the whole thing, and it's consistent with the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. Being open to powerful and supernatural workings of the Holy Spirit and practical workings of the Holy Spirit and not being too scared of it, and especially one of the biggest subjects is spiritual gifts, which we can talk about another time. But if you, you know, I always thought about Christianity. Like for me, it's like, well, in in the Calvary Chapel movement where we're part of, uh, we believe in grace and truth, and this goes back to what you were saying. You know, going to a church, like, yes, we believe in the grace. God loves you, wants to forgive you, wants to help you, 100%. all that. He wants to bless you. Like, he does want to bless you. It doesn't mean he's going to give you a Ferrari. You know what I mean? Right. Give your money, to all the money to the church, and you're going to be blessed. Like, that's, you know, the name and acclaim and prosperity movement. We're not talking about that. But grace and truth is, yes, there's grace. You have issues, but God loves you. But truth is, there's a hell. There's a heaven. Where are you going to go? Depending on how you live your life and your relationship with God, you decide where you go, heaven or hell. You choose because man has a choice. We have free will. We're not robots. God didn't make us have to worship him. We have free will. 
So if you're not going to church that's telling you the truth, grace and truth, then if you're just going to a place that's just a bunch of, if it's just grace, 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 and there's no truth, then you, you're being lied to basically. And that's a scary, scary thing. And it's, it's very much real, recognized, real. Like with the whosoever's, uh, there was a, an added family to my life mm-hmm. where I know that every time I'm with you guys, there's a comfort because I know that you've been spending every second of every day of your life trying to actually live for God mm-hmm. and not just on a Sunday or a Wednesday night yeah. or when you randomly listen to worship music. Like if if your church doesn't have teachers that are encouraging you and, and challenging you mm-hmm. to make it the complete life mm-hmm. aspect, like every aspect of your life, like the, the complete um, – like the complete deal. I mean, it's 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 all in or or, or anything. Yeah. It's full send or no send. There is no half send. Yeah. That's that's what we say here at Zeal. Fully committed. It has to be every aspect of your life, from the moment you wake up. And and how I've started <laughs> through this, I started teaching our youth, and I would tell them it's it's everything from eating pizza to speaking in tongues and everything in between. Yeah. Everything, whether you eat or drink, you got to do it to the glory of God. So uh, like you can be open to the tongues, mm-hmm. you can be open to eating a piece of pizza mm-hmm. and being like praise God. But that's very raw and that's very real of like every aspect of your life. So I was thinking about as you're as you're saying that to every aspect of your life, life will sin. So it's literally it's like from when you get up, everything you do, from like the music that you're gonna listen to. Mm-hmm. Like, am I gonna get up? Here, here, here. Here's just like a practical thing. I get up in the morning, I drink coffee. That's the first thing I gotta do. I gotta get my brain working. Okay, I get my coffee and then I put in. Uh, I have the 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 um, K Wave Bible app. So I turn it on wherever I'm at in the country or the world, basically. I turn it on and I hear Bible studies. So the first thing I'm getting is Bible studies. As I'm getting ready, I'm brushing my teeth. I have the word going in. Why? I might not be catching everything, but I have the word of God. It can happen with worship music. Yeah. But right from the beginning, I'm trying to put on the mind of Christ to yeah. get what I can while I'm, while I'm getting ready. And then from there, I my goal would be to... You know, I have a bunch of kids and, you know, things can change and, you know, whatever. But my goal is my routine that I like to do is I then I get get my coffee. After two coffees, my brain's it's on. So then I'm going to go crack my Bible open. I'm going to do my daily reading, whether I read a chapter or two, like wherever I'm at going through the Bible or read a Proverbs or maybe both. Or I might read a couple of my devotions, just one little page. The amount of time reading, it doesn't take a long time. Yeah. You know what I mean? You're not talking hours, right? Yeah. It could take this could take ten minutes. This could take twenty minutes. It depends how fast you read. I'm a slow reader, it takes me twenty minutes. But you can do this fast. And now you got that going, just like when you wake up and you eat in the morning, you're basically eating the bread of life. The bread is the word of God, right? So you're eating, you're feeding your spirit, and then you feed your physical self. So from there, then when I get out to my car, um, what kind of music am I gonna listen to? What are you gonna listen to? Are you gonna turn on Nicki Minaj? Right. But me, I go, I'm a Christian. I don't listen to Nicki Minaj. So then I don't listen to Nicki Minaj. So then I go to the store. And if, you know, if if I go and I pay for something, or the other day I went to the UPS store and I was going to, I was picking up some packages and I was going to buy like a little thing of like, I don't know, markers or something. And I didn't realize I had my kid and, and I didn't, I got my package and I forgot to pay and I walked out. Well, am I going to drive away with the markers? It was only a dollar. Right. But I'm a Christian. See, but that's it, though, man. That's so. It right I there. went back and I gave it back. So this is my point. Yeah, that's it. It's literally just stupid. It's not really stupid, but it could be stupid little things like no big deal, whatever. 
these these little things, but it's because God is the Lord of my life. And then you can take it to bigger things, like you said. Is my yeah. boss going to tell me to to write this under the table? Right. You know, I had someone. You know, there was a business deal I was doing, and someone's like, "Well, you just pay me, and don't do, don't worry about them, and we don't have to pay taxes." And I'm like, "Right, I'm a Christian. Yeah, I don't even. That's that's. I got to do everything legit." You know what I mean? It's just in every aspect of your life. Yeah. But it all starts with that personal relationship. And that's basically why you started the school. Because yeah. you want to instill these these truths into these young adults. Yeah. Because that's where they're facing everything. And you know what I like too is also as, as young adults can come to your ministry. It's called the school of ministry. Zeal school of ministry. They can come. And you're not looking for perfect people. You know, one girl came out of, you know, the one girl got out of rehab one time. Some young kid. You know, they come from churches, they can come from wherever, but you, wherever they're at, whether they're fully like in with Christ, maybe they're just getting started or maybe they're brand new. You guys walk with them and you get them on track. And then they end up graduating from this program and they have all these truths. And the, the goal is for them to leave with a relationship with God wherever they go. And on top of that, the goal is not just for them to understand that. Like so much of the work is like, I want you guys to understand this, but I want you to understand this in such a way that, that when God gives you the opportunities, you'll be able to lead others to do the same thing, yes. which is why it's a school of ministry and not discipleship yeah. because the discipleship is in the school of ministry. But the final ticket is like, you need to get this for yourself because God's going to use you to get this, yeah. to help other people get this at the same time, Exactly. which is where it all came from. It came from the whosoever's and being like, like I'm learning this myself. I was discipled by you and so much of this. And I'm like, this is, this is raw. This is real. This is the narrow path. This is straight from the Bible. There's depth and there's power and it's all got the right focus. And I'm like, man, we need, especially in this generation, which is a whole nother tangent, but we need, we need young people that when you get someone that's on fire, like actually on fire and you grab hold of them and you say, all right, this is how it's done. It makes me think of, uh, I think it was, it was one of Paul's friends, but somewhere in the book of Acts, it says that um, one of Paul's guys was teaching, and there's a couple leaders that were already there, and they took him in and taught the taught the word to him more adequately, mm-hmm. which is an example of like, hey, like you're you're killing it. Mm-hmm. Well, let's take you to that next level together and walk it, and then you you turn around and do the same thing, which is what my first class is already doing. Mm-hmm. They're already yep. at other places. Exactly. So if you're listening and you want to get here, where, where can they find it? Is it called the zealschool.com 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 um it's amazing i think it's amazing i think everyone should come if you're able to just leave your your life if you're trying to figure out what's going on leave it for it's eight months yeah i mean it it will change your life and i believe it will help you make the right decisions even moving forward uh from that point so the school's happening um you you're you're uh how many years have you been doing the school this is the second class. Second, second year. class? It was a year of planning. First year happened. And then now we're like three quarters way through the second year. So then year. when, because uh, we only have like a couple minutes left. Uh, so when you do this, if someone signs up, what's the process? They, they they sign up online. They fill out an application. Yep. You go to the website. It'll lead you into the application. It'll have some questions. And then we'll set up an interview where we'll talk, you and me and um, one of my colleagues, mm-hmm. probably my homie Tony. Shout out Tony. Mm-hmm. And we'll find out where you're at. Uh, we want we want to have someone that already understands and is a Christian mm. and understands the foundations mm. of Christianity, and especially, especially if you feel a call to ministry, 
like church ministry, but that's where the heart comes from is like, I want there to be leaders, whether or not they ever work in ministry or if they go somewhere else, but they're always going to be a leader at their church. Uh, but especially if you feel like this, working ministry, this is for people that are serious about and get busy for God. Yeah. hundred percent. Basically, if you're serious, they're going to come up here they're going to train you. They're going to get you ready for anything. It's yeah. It's one year, hundred percent full send operation the entire time. Lots of guest speakers mm-hmm. to help teach those things, including us, personal discipleship, community outreach, uh, growing in the giftings, spiritual, but also practical. We're yeah. teaching music stuff and audiovisual stuff and the whole nine yards, ending yeah. it with a missions trip and give them that aspect and then see where the Lord takes them afterwards. That sounds phenomenal. So get there. Um, as you guys know, the... Uh, the show is on uh, my YouTube channel, Ryan Reese Official. You can go on YouTube, click to follow, um, subscribe. You can watch all the past shows. I have been think I've been doing it for like six or seven years now, just interviewing all kinds of cool people, just giving cool, practical life application, talking. We do tour stories. We interview musicians and artists, missionaries. I mean, it, it, you never know what you're going to get. Take questions. It's uh, Those are always wild shows. Those are like the Wild West guns blazing, you know. But uh, you can check that out. Go to thewhosoever's.com. You can book us for a tour. Um, we're touring all over. We tour all over the globe, and we bring the gospel to the public school system. Hit us up. I have a book called Kill the Noise. It's a discipleship faith builder book. You can get that anywhere books are sold. Uh, I, I always refer people to Amazon just because you can re, uh, re, uh, review all the you can review all the uh, comments, the um, the reviews of it, and, and read about it. But you can get it anywhere you want. We love you, and we'll be back in two minutes. Peace. More of The Ryan Reese Show coming up. Post your questions at Ryan Reese on his Instagram, Twitter. Well, good day to you. It's Joel with The King Country dropping in to let you know that our brand new film, Unsung Hero, is in theaters now. It's Luke here. We've teamed up with the creators of Jesus Revolution to bring you this adventure of a lifetime. It's a powerful, true story about a family uniting, growing in their faith and facing the impossible together. In theaters now, unsunghero.movie for more information. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. What impacts you every day? There is one book that influences almost every aspect of our lives. Museum of the Bible reveals the Bible's impact on your favorite musicians and artists, the way we measure time, social justice, our national monuments, and more. The Bible's impact is all around you. Discover how at museumofthebible.org impact. And or Facebook. What impacts you every day? There is one book that influences almost every aspect of our lives. Museum of the Bible reveals the Bible's impact on your favorite musicians and artists, the way we measure time, social justice, our national monuments, and more. The Bible's impact is all around you. 
Discover how at museumofthebible.org slash impact. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. Now, back, back, back to the Ryan Reese Show. All right, we are back and we are in St. Pete, Florida. We're at Calvary Chapel. Calvary Chapel Fellowship, Fellowship in yep. St. Pete, Florida. Mm-hmm. Uh, with Jairus Hodge, he's actually the man. You got a lot of titles. <laughs> Less titles now, but we yeah. can talk about that. <laughs> okay, what is your title currently? Technically, I would be associate pastor. Associate That's pastor. The title. Title. But you oversee the school right ministry. now. I'm overseeing the school and the music, the worship, yeah. and the young adults. And the young adults. And you're you're uh, you are teaching on Sunday here as well in the main service. Yeah. Once a month. Yeah. Once a month. Got it. All right, so we just talked about the school of ministry. Uh, we had church split. God was doing a brand new work. You, yeah. were, you met the Hoosovers. You're going on a trip with us. You being out on Great Commission is bringing the Word of God even more alive because what you're reading through the scriptures, now you're seeing live and happen God actually doing stuff when you put yourself out there by faith. So now you're bringing it and you're sharing with the young adults. God's starting to do something new with the adults. And the church was old. Like it was an older crowd yes. when the church split happened. So here you are and you're like, man, I want to see the young people because we're reaching young people abroad. But you want to reach the young people. And your dad's the pastor, Danny Hodge. And I know him. And he's just like, go get them. Yeah. Like do what it takes. So talk about that process because I know what you're saying. And this is actually a lot of frustrations for like a lot of the youth pastors that might be listening right now. Um, you know, you're at a church and it's older and you have like one youth person or like six kids or whatever it is. And you're like, yeah. man, I mean, dude, I go to a lot of churches and people are like, our church, our youth group, it's small. And, you know, it's older people because we've been doing ministry a long time. And how do we reach the new young kids? So basically uh, you're in that situation. So what did it look like? What what happened? What was the process? The process was full send. Yeah. My dad was the best part of that. So that's a huge piece that not everybody has. I was given a lot of freedom, first of all, and encouragement. My dad was very much like, dude, just go for it. And and he was very – and ha- has always been, like, especially in this new work, hey, we're handing off things to the next generation. Let's go. Like, let's let's get these young people in. So I did that as a youth pastor – for the last five years and just transitioned some other guys to take the middle in high school and, and I'm doing young adults, but it was really lonely and hard for me for years because our church was three or 4,000. And when the split happened, it was like a thousand 
of the older people that had been with my dad for 20 or 30 years came over faithfully. And that's what we started with. Mm -hmm. We started with a thousand person church of, you know, 50 plus being the average age, Mm -hmm. 60 plus even. And I was given music and youth. So I just, I mean, I had such a desire for young life. Yeah. Like I am young life. I just like, Mm -hmm. I'm all about the, the send. I'm all about the energy. I'm all about the, the epic music. I'm all about the evangelism I mean, the zeal. I mean, it's yeah, all about the zeal. Exactly. So I'm starting to do it, and I do it for a long time, and I and I just struggled because I I kept on thinking naturally that if I'm doing a good job, and even like doing a good job, not pridefully, but like doing a good job depending on the Lord and trying to love the youth and trying to to keep things fresh and, and push new modern things and not do it too much. Cause I love the older generation. I want the, I want the full generation yeah. to be a part of our That's church, the whole church, everyone. So I wanted the, that balance to come up and I knew that there was a balance for that, but I desired that so much. So I was like, all right, Lord, like use me however you can. And he was, and I ended up being in charge of like, I, it just increasing for years, being in charge of more and more and more. Um, especially last year, and thinking, well, okay, where's the young people? Like, there's got to be a young generational growth. That balance has to come up eventually, and it just didn't. For years, it just didn't. I mean, I would, um, I mean, this is being vulnerable, man. I would have you guys come to church, and I would teach, and I would feel like it was just me and you guys, um, and no one else. Like, everyone else was family because we're church, mm-hmm. and I love my church to death, and I love all the older people to death because they, they literally are my extra parents and grandparents yeah. and they support me and love me yeah. to, to death. Mm-hmm. But still there was just a lonely aspect of like, well, I, I want peers. Like I want peers to be a community. And, and it was, it was hard. I didn't have friends. Mm-hmm. You were my friend. Mm-hmm. I was like abroad. Another yeah. friend of mine is in On another city. <laughs> and another friend of mine was in Canada. Like those yeah. are the people I considered friends other than my wife, who was legitimately my best friend. Yeah. And it was like that for years. I just thought like this is this is going to change. I thought like more young people are going to come. I thought like the youth is is on fire and these kids are on fire and the spirit's working and these crazy things are happening. I mean, crazy stories, mm. just amazing things. The things that I'm calling you and telling you about, yeah. like healings, and the spiritual gifts, and I mean, kids' lives are saved from cutting and depression and yeah. anxiety and suicide. Yep. Like, the whole yep. nine yards. I remember like, that God was doing something amazing there crazy and like the the weight of that was gnarly like i would call you crying because i'd have like three suicidal kids that i deal with that night i'm just yep, like, i don't even know what I to remember do remember that so i'm thinking like this is great i'm seeing it happen in the youth so like so it's gotta it's gotta grow like the young generation's gotta grow so that we can be full generation church and see the beauty of that because that's in the bible mm-hmm. and it never happens and it it became a great struggle for a long time. It became another kind of like this logically makes sense to me and emotionally, even spiritually, like in every realm makes sense to me. But I still I'm coming to church and I'm I'm working uh like this is my work, this is my job, this is my life, and I'm pouring my heart and soul out to it. But there's an aspect that, that is missing that really it was just hard. And it's 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 kind of hard to to talk about it and not sound like insulting mm. almost to like the older people, but I don't mean it like that at all. I just mean like, and I wanted I wanted everyone, mm. and I felt alone. Like I was the only guy that was like being young and doing young things mm. and pushing any kind of young vibe. Mm. 
And um, so what do you think? Speaking of that, I know what you're saying. Like um, you want to see a church in whole. You want you want every age group. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And because you're touring, you're in with us and you're in front of these high school students all over the world. Yeah. You want you're like, man, this is exciting. The youth is open to the gospel. Yeah. Like I want to I want to see these youth come. I want to disciple them. I want to raise up that next generation, which the older generations, I mean, middle and older generations agree like they they're 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 all about. They're they're, like, we love the youth. We want the youth. I love the the older. And I'm thinking like youth and young adults when I'm saying this. Yeah. 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 No, no. The older people that we have at our church, I love them. They're they're our prayer warriors and they're just like rooting us on. They also financially support things, man. They're like want to see the next generation. They're all about it. I know. But you're in a place where you're like, you want it. But then but. As I'm we, over here like I got it. Like, all right, let's go. But we know God's the one that brings the increase, right? So this is my question. That's to where you. I got confused. This is my question to you. With that said, so we know God brings the increase for sure. So what was God teaching you? What was He doing in your life? Faithfulness, dude. Just crazy faithfulness all over again, um, or more just extended. I mean, the whole last five to six years has been faithfulness, where I literally like. I started to live a dream that was better than the dream I thought I knew before Mm. where I'm working at this mega church and my job is literally my five bosses are middle school, high school, young adults, skate park guys, and my dad. Mm. I'm like, how could it get better than this? It gets better than that. Mm. I become the youth pastor, which is crazy Mm. and like it's insane, but fun. Like I could be a middle school youth pastor for the rest of my life. This is great. I love kids. I love the whosoever's like we go out for the next generation Mm. and I'm thinking I'm like I'm 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 I get caught up in in this this amazing new dream of like God I'm traveling with the whosoever's I'm like a skateboarding pastor is like what homies are calling me and and I'm like that's so cool man like that's so like that's me but I didn't know how to be me you taught me how to be me more than anyone um to like not succumb to the shadow of my dad or what what everyone else you know wants me to be but during that like I was doing that but not seeing anything happen outside of uh, the youth group, which youth group is a whole separate story, but still I was expecting to see like, okay, if I'm being faithful, fruit's going to come. I want, I want to add one thing really quick as you're saying this. Back to what you were just saying. Um, it's easy to hear the voices and just listen to the voices and do what the voices say. The voices are the people around you. Yeah. But you're not supposed to listen to the voices. You need to listen to the voice. Yeah. And the voice is God. And once you hear God's voice he will show you that he created you uniquely and he designed you for a specific plan and purpose and you're gonna you're gonna do it the way he created you to do it and honestly if you really think about it as we were talking last night yeah my dad your dad all these older pastor guys they're they did it their way for their generation yeah their way is not for the next generation right the way you are, the way you carry yourself, the way you're the, just who you are, how God created you uniquely and being in Christ, he designed you to reach that next generation right? and to speak the way you do to that next generation. Right. And the music you're into right. for that next generation, that's how the torches continue to be carried. Right. But the voices get you all confused. Yeah. And I had, Anyone. I had that struggle while going through it. You played a huge role in that really encouraging me. And my dad did too, but yeah. Your dad's awesome. But still, like, individually, just me in my own mind, even with my dad being like, hey, don't be boxed in. Like, be yourself. It still was, it still was hard. You play a huge role in that. But it was still hard to, to figure out, like, okay, I just need to be faithful with what I know I'm supposed to do and how I know I'm supposed to do it. Like, what God does show me, I'm going to go. And that's where 
zeal started it became the youth group that's where the the school of ministry started and i look back and it's like all these amazing works that god has done through my life i'm a whosoever's ambassador like that's weird to say but it's the sickest thing in the world to say like it's like that's like a dream to say that but there was so much grind at the home church there was so much daily grind that like you didn't know about no one here knows about nobody knows except me and god and my wife the daily grind for five years thinking and wanting and praying for that balance of young to come up and for us to be able to have that full generation church. And I knew that that was a good desire. I know that like any, any good pastor would want that desire, but it was literally like until last year, Mm -hmm. like the five year mark was when I finally kind of accepted it. I was like, I was like, okay, well, like I know I'm supposed to be here. I even had like people getting words and visions and dreams. I was telling you like, like saying things that made it sound like I wasn't supposed to be doing this. I was supposed to be going somewhere else. Like, but, but that wasn't clear enough. So I just held on to what was clear, which mm-hmm. was stay here and grind and do it for the Lord, which I, he actually taught me that before the church split. So I went back to those roots and stayed focused and stayed on Jesus and got used to the fact that like what I want and what I think should happen. And, and even, even I know is a good desire is not happening so whatever, I'm just going to keep grinding and I'm, I'm just going to keep sending and, and whatever God does give me, I'm going to do it. And that's the lesson, like no matter where you're at, dude, like for all the, for all my home youth pastors that are out there, like no matter where you're at, it is just whatever God's given you full send. Yeah. If it's 10 kids in your youth group, mm-hmm. dude, pour into their life. If, if you got a class of 10, pour into them. If you got a class of five, pour into them. That, that's this year, like whatever it's going to be. But it wasn't until last year was a huge transition where I just was like, okay, Finally going to accept that, and that's when fruit came. Okay. Before we get to the fruit here, going back to what you just said about if you have five kids, pour into them. If you have ten, wherever you're at, full send. Give it all you got. Yeah. Fully committed. Don't don't worry about what everyone else is doing. Yeah. Worry about what where God has you. And there's there's that verse, you know, um, whoever's faithful with the small things, he'll he'll make you greater than the bigger things. Like, you know, it's he gives you a certain there's a parable about it. I can't think about it right now because I've been my brain's kind of fried, but basically he gives you a little bit and if you do more with it, then he'll give you more. Right. So, so if you're not faithful with those five kids, why is he going to go, hey, I'm going to hook you up. I'm going to give you a hundred kids. Yeah. 200 kids. I'm going to make your church explode or your youth group. Right. If you can't be faithful with, the, just that little bit that he gives you. And that those are all tests. Yeah. God gives you, all, we, we live a life of tests with God. Right. Because he wants to see your attitude 100%. and your character. Without good character and attitude, you're useless to God. Yeah. God doesn't need you. God doesn't need me. He wants to use us. He wants us to do amazing things. And he wants to open doors. He wants to bust. He wants to do all kinds of awesome stuff. But he wants to see your character. It's all about character. No character, you're no good. Yeah, you need to have integrity. But Integri- that's that's integrity. the whole that's the whole principle mm-hmm. that that God will show you whether or not you accept it. But like the the, the principle is, it's it's not about the numbers. Mm-hmm. No, there is a band, The Devil Wears Prada. Shout out. There's an album they came out with. One of the lyrics is saying one of my favorite songs is "It's not all about the numbers. It's not all about the numbers." And you you like. It's bad if you do succeed in the world standards without learning that lesson, but most of the time you won't succeed by the world standards mm-hmm. if God wants to give you blessing of numbers and increase and stuff like that until you learn 
that it really is about you touching one soul for four hours at a breakfast date yeah. because they're going through a divorce yeah. and their life's terrible right now. And you're going to give them your heart and soul and love the, mm-hmm. you're going to love the snot out of them. Yeah. And that's what matters. And you're going to do that for every aspect of your life. Mm-hmm. Like you said, I'm going to wake up. I'm going to do my, my Devo thing. I'm going to, I'm going to be faithful with the markers at the store. I'm going to be mm-hmm. faithful in brushing my teeth and eating well and exercising like everything in my life to all the way to people, which are the most important thing. When you actually get it, especially if you're in ministry, man, when you actually get it, like it's for it's for the Lord. It's between you and the Lord. And when you find joy in knowing that you can put your head on the pillow and have a clear conscience that I gave my life back to Jesus today and I did it for him, whether or not it was one or a million things or people, when you have a clear conscience about that, you're set. Mm-hmm. And And my last season was very much that. It was like... I wanted this this new young life to grow in the church. It wasn't happening, but I was full sending. Mm-hmm. And it was happening in small portions mm-hmm. in the school where it's like most people don't know. I'm just hanging out with 10 kids and pouring into them, mm-hmm. five kids, 20 kids, mm-hmm. and youth group, whatever. And it got to the point where I just like got used to it. Like, okay, well, like, well whatever I think is supposed to happen numbers-wise, okay, bump it. I'm just going to full send. I'm going to keep mm-hmm. full sending. Yep. And I literally like – I just got used to it. And then – when fruit started happening, so tell me about the fruit here. the The Last number one, the number one thing I say about the fruit happening was, first of all, shout out God because yeah. when Galatians six, nine and ten, don't be uh, don't become weary in doing good. Mm-hmm. God's going to produce the harvest, and it is harvest whether it's one or or a hundred people or things or whatever it is. There's a harvest, and He brings hey, my the fruit. garden at home. You know, it's like. It's like one cucumber here and there. Bro, you know? but it's a good <laughs> cucumber, you know what I'm saying? That's crispy and cold. <laughs> but it was it was like right when I like was used to it, mm-hmm. everything changed and I went from being the youngest in our staff and the youngest at our church, like moving towards you know, young generational things, being kind of the only trailblazer for it, literally in the last six months. Everything has switched to now 50% of our staff is like 20s people, including the other 50%, yeah. which is all the all the other older generations. We've got middle and old, mm-hmm. all the way to my dad. You know, he's like senior man killing yeah. it. And the same thing has happened at the church. Our young adults group is growing in the quality yeah. and the quantity, yeah. but also more young families are coming to church. And it has been this crazy blessing that I'm now in a season where I've been going so long pouring out and not having a big community to really pour back into me mm-hmm. and feeling lonely in that, at least like my peers. Mm-hmm. I've had all the older people, but it's it's different to have the peers. Now it's like I have this young community and I see a full generational church and it's just on fire and God is continuing to move, and He's moving even more, and He's He's continuing to push things forward more, and we're continuing to to do it together. My wife and I have friends, like we haven't had that for years. I have like a local best friend that works with me now. My guy that that is my ride or die now. I have other guys that are becoming friends that are my age, and I'm watching God do all the things that God can do in their lives as well. So it's like a full picture. It's a full send and it's all happening right now. It's uh, it's like that parable, you know, um, or just like farming, basically the sower, you go out and the field's hard ground and you're digging and, and it just, it's, it's brutal. 
Yeah. Right? Hard ground is the worst. Try to farm. I, I tried to do a farm in my backyard um, a long time ago. I tried to plant some stuff. And it was hard, hard clay ground, actually. And it was just digging it, digging it, digging it. And then you have to, you know, set it up correctly. And then you start planting the seeds. And then you got to water it. You can't overwater it. Um, can't underwater it. And then you need the, the sun and the whole thing. And, and then you wait. And you, you just, you're still looking at dirt for a long time, basically, right? <laughs> and, then, yeah. and then finally... You get a little green, you know, and then it starts popping up and this and that. But you still, you got to, you got to keep watering it. Yeah. And you got to make sure that the insects don't kill it. There's a lot of things you got to, my point is, it's a lot of time and, and, and nurturing and caring for this to make sure that, you know, it, it produces this harvest. Yeah. And that's exactly what you did. And it took five years and you were desperate and God knew. Because you wanted to see God move, yeah. Now here you are, five years later. The church is is changed. It's it's developing. It's growing into, it's it's rebirthing. It's a whole new. It's a new harvest, basically. Yeah, yeah it is. Yeah. Which is so awesome. Uh, uh, the new harvest. Because you think about like a field. You have the old harvest. Like if you have like old, uh, you know, older like corns that from the first harvest, they're just kind of still up. They haven't chopped them down. And then you have this new harvest. It's like, but they're blending together, and it's just and it's just growing. And that's so awesome to see what God is. Uh, doing i think that will encourage a lot of people because there's a lot of people that are in that place right now and they're just serving especially the youth pastors you know or even a pastor yeah. startup church especially yeah, lead startup pastor. church yeah i mean church plant hey you could be a grown man not that you're not a grown man but like you could be a guy trying to do a church plant yeah and you got two people yeah and you're like what the heck you know what I mean? And Especially like, anyone in ministry because in, in ministry, if you if you work in ministry, whether or not you get paid for it, like the whole work is – it's to do the work of the church and, and you're working to help nurture the souls and it's a whole thing. But like anyone in that, anyone in that, you could feel that. But you could feel it in life too. And that's like what we were saying earlier. It has to be a lifestyle. It has to be yeah. that your lifestyle is I'm going to full sin with everything regardless of if I work at church or not. Yeah. No matter what in life. Exactly. And – God will allow you to go through times where you have to do it and you don't feel like doing it and it doesn't make sense to do it and everything you thought was going to happen is not going to happen. Everything you didn't want to happen does happen. I mean, we still I've still went through just crazy, crazy difficult things. I mean, in the middle of all this, my wife's father passes away. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's I don't want to go into all the stuff, but yeah. Yeah, no, it's, you, it's the faithfulness of still going through, through that some stuff where it's like, this is real. Like this is this is absolutely real and doing it no matter what is is what it's all about. And I actually think Kobe Bryant is Bryant with a T, right? I should know that. Mm-hmm. But Kobe Kobe's been a huge inspiration to me mm-hmm. recently and like watching videos of him talk about his Mamba mentality and everything. Mm-hmm. And there's one thing he said that was really inspiring and is it should be for our Christian life, man. If we do our Christian life like Kobe did his basketball career, like we'll be we'll be the kind of disciples Jesus wants. He talked about the championships. He's like, he's like, it's not about the championships. It's not what you signed up for. You didn't sign up to get the the winning the games and winning the championships and getting the rings and the trophies. He's like, when you wake up at four and you grind and you go back and you go back, uh, you know, at six and at twelve and at four and you do that day in and day out and you do the things that no one's looking at, like everything that that it takes, and then the championships come, then the harvest comes, kind of idea. He's like, that's what you, that's what you signed up for. That's the lifestyle, and that's what you have to love. And I'm like, that's it yeah, for us. It's the train, yeah. It's the training. It's regardless of whether things are good or bad, God is worthy, and regardless of whether or not the harvest is coming today, 
I'm gonna full send it. I'm gonna give it to God because He's worthy and He will bring the harvest. He yeah. will. Yeah. That's and we a- have to be excited no matter what that looks like because it could be one person or a thousand people. But but when we get the perspective that it's actually like legit for God and from God, everything is just sick. I like that picture you told about uh, uh, um, Kobe. Brian, Kobe Bryant. Yeah. Because um, people look at what people are doing but they don't see the the grinding and the hard work and the the hours of of, of studying and, and and just the whole grind that goes along with it the real you life know? grind. Like, you know, yeah. people will come up to me and be like man i want to go tell my testimony i want to go be on the stage and do anything and i'm like <laughs> i'm all do you understand what it takes you see you see 30 minutes or 40 minutes of what we do yeah do you understand when I gave my life to Christ, you know, going through the Bible six times, going through the whole Chuck Smith series, it's like thousands of, of, of hours of Bible studies, yeah. reading, you know, praying, and then being at work in ministry, speaking in front of no one, really, right. out of rehab of three people. No one 100%. saw that. 100%. You know, I'm going to a school here. I'm going here. I'm traveling. I'm staying up. Like, you didn't you didn't see the first whole part of the ministry. There was there was no glory in it as far as like you know it's it's just meeting wherever I can meet with whoever however, but then God brings the increase yeah over time and you did it because it matters that's yeah. the incre- it was like you just go up and just tell your story like no God, for sure it matters because I love people and I want to see God change people yeah and it's a lifestyle and that's the like, heart I want to lead people to the Lord that's and, the heart. and I didn't have a plan doing what I was doing the whosoever the movement whosoever I didn't even know but that wasn't even a thing. It was yeah. me, fall in love with Jesus, and then see, I wanted to see people's tra- lives transform like mine. It all started with you saying, God, if you want to use my story, send me and I'll go. That was it. And that, it's been like simple. that. Let me vouch. It's been like that ever since then for you. Ever since. And that's what it's all about. Ever since. Everywhere I go, I just go wherever he tells me to go. And I just live that, by that radical faith, you know. Full that's sense. a whole other story. Um, we are done. We got 30 seconds left. Uh, school ministry zeal where do they go online zealschool.com zealschool.com get there actually get there get here to the location at calvary chapel fellowship in st pete florida go to our youtube click on ryan reese official get all the past shows for like six or seven years go to the whosoever's we got social media we got our dot com book us a tour i got a book out called kill the noise finding meaning above the madness we love you guys and dude my my dog Good to see you, man. Thanks for being on. For sure, man. Peace. This has been The Ryan Reese Show. To connect and find out more about Ryan, click on ryan-reese.com. Check us out next Saturday at 9 p.m. for The Ryan Reese Show. felt conflict between your faith and feelings? If so, you're not alone. My name's Carly Mercouillier. I'm a licensed therapist and the host of the Therapy and Theology podcast, where we explore popular topics and questions related to faith, feelings, and spiritual formation. I want to invite you to join me every Thursday as we fearlessly name the complexities of our reality, grow in the awareness of who we are, and rediscover the power and purpose of our unique stories through the lens of the gospel. Subscribe today at lifeaudio.com.